Tonight we have Tiniko Chauke in the studio here and he just started writing a new blog, uh, African Stories. And I must say, I've just read a book by Nelson Mandela, The Long Walk to Freedom. And after that, I read uh, Things Fall Apart, which is another amazing book from a Nigerian writer, Shinwa Achebe, uh, also amazing. And then I came across this blog, uh, African Stories, so I thought, oh, we need to talk. Tiniko, next to me here, what is it that inspired you to start writing a blog? Actually, since I came to, to Ireland, I have been meeting a lot of people from many countries. Um, maybe because of the European Union, you see, it's quite easy for people in Europe to travel and also people from other continents. So it gave me a chance to meet uh, people from around the world. And uh, I've heard uh, their views and what they think about Africa, uh, both positive and negative views and some perceptions which emanate from from what they hear from the media. So I just wanted to tell uh, the African story, the reality on the ground. As a person uh, who is from Africa, was born and bred in Africa, so sometimes... um, you really feel like you need to tell the story. Yeah. So you think in, in Ireland, you think the perceptions are, are very wrong of what people think about Africa. Is that the feeling you get when you talk to people? Uh, it's not about Ireland only, like it's uh, in Europe and the world. But uh, like what I'm saying, my um, the, the inspiration like came from meeting many people and even in Ireland. I can't say the perception is necessarily wrong. I just think it's a bit misplaced. A bit misplaced, okay. Yeah. And what is it that, that uh, you found was most misplaced? Like, were you shocked at some instances and, and pleased at others? You know, what, what was it that you think uh, is wrong in people's minds now in Europe about Africa and the African stories? Yeah, I think maybe the, the, the story of Africa in the European media is not conveying the right information uh, about Africa. And especially among uh, young people and even some older people in Europe, like some basic information, really. Some, there are people who think that Africa is a, is a country. I have met people who said, oh, you, okay, you are from Africa. I said, yes, I'm from Africa. I'm from Pretoria. I'm from South Africa. I said, okay, but I have a friend also from, from Africa, from, from Lagos in Nigeria. Do you know John? <laughs> okay. So it is questions like that which I think I realize that people don't really know because I think uh, if I fly from here to Lagos is I would take maybe less time than the time I need to fly from let's say Cape Town to Lagos. So people don't really realize what a vast continent Africa is with such a big variety of people and uh, so many countries as well. That's right, isn't it? That's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the geography of Africa also, and also the diversity in Africa. Like, uh, we we are different uh, people. Like, even in my own country, we, we speak up to 11 languages, and we come from different racial groups and also tribes. But I think what the perception is here, because I was listening uh, last week still to... I always listen to Flemish radio when I'm at home, of course, and uh, they were talking about something in Africa. They weren't saying in which country, but in Africa, and they immediately mentioned corrupt leaders and, you know, all these strange things, dictators, and I was wondering, how can they say this? This was a serious discussion program, and they just mentioned Africa and immediately talked about corruption and about dictators. Why do you think that is? Why do they want to portray that 
that kind of image of Africa? I don't know if maybe they are portraying it's it will be their own opinion to really explain why they have to portray Africa like that but at the same time uh, we I can't deny that uh, Africa also have problems let's say if we talk about dictators we really have countries with a lot of dictators because what happens is that uh, the democracy levels in some African countries is not really strong enough and the leaders are not being held accountable to their actions and the will of the people is not being done in some certain African countries. But it is going to be, it is very unfair to give Africa like a, a whole blanket a classification that all, all African countries are ruled by dictators because we really know that there are some African countries actually with very stable governments, with democracy. I don't think we have a dictator in my country. We have elections, democratic elections since 1994 until now. And then uh, I want to look at the second point of corruption. Uh, the second point of corruption, that is actually a very big problem uh, in, in Africa. But as we can say, corruption is a world problem. We can't narrow it to a certain continent because there is corruption everywhere. Yesterday, actually, I was reading some on BBC, a certain document released by the European Union that Europe loses up to 120 billion euros per year through corruption. But the problem we have in Africa is that the corruption is so rampant and it is so uh, so endemic to such an extent that you see corruption happening at the even highest levels of government or you see corruption uh, happening in some sensitive uh, arms of government like the police or something like that. And I believe you know what is corruption. Like if we, we can define corruption is that when a person who is entrusted with power, okay, abuse it for personal gain. And we, we all know the dangers of corruption, that it undermines uh, the trust which people have in political and uh, economical institutions. Through corruption, we lose money, we lose our health, we lose our freedom. Sometimes we can even lose our lives. So corruption is kind of like a cancer, like a malignant cancer, which have just spread through the body. So we have the problem of corruption. And according to some information coming, it seems like in Africa we lose between 30 to $50 billion per year through corruption. So it's a, it's a very serious problem. The levels of corruption uh, are so terrifying. If you look very closely, there are some countries where they do talk about it and you can hear that there is corruption. Uh, it's more frightening in some certain countries where corruption has just become synonymous with the way of life and people don't talk about it anymore. They just think it's normal. They just think it's normal. So in those countries, we can even underestimate it and say there is no corruption because in the first place, there is no freedom of speech. So you can't even say that there is corruption. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But in your blog, you've also found, you put a link there to uh, corruption in, in Europe is actually also very bad. And that's something people don't maybe don't know or don't, don't often talk about. I don't know. Maybe we can say the media in Europe uh, is uh, is patriotic, but in a bad way, because um, they don't mention things like that. And here it happens not directly. It's not so brazen. So the difference of corruption in Europe and the difference of corruption in, in Africa is that maybe in Africa it's so brazen that people are so are so daring, but people are not as daring as that, you see, here. But that is the problem. What could you do about that? If it's so ingrained in society nearly, in some of these countries, how can that be tackled? 
Yeah, that, that that is very difficult to tackle because right now we are we are raising children through that it have become part of of the culture. So the the, the biggest thing is you wish we can do is to educate people. Is to educate people. Maybe we need even to have a subject at school called corruption. Maybe so that we can be able to 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 actually deal with that. To teach people that this is what happens if we allow a country to get to corruption because it leads countries to be failed states. We had a conversation before, and there was uh, another person involved who told us that in Nigeria, even. It starts in primary school, the corruption, doesn't it? Because the, he was saying that some teachers are paid so little that uh, some parents ask them, if you let my son pass, I will give you so much. And, and that's where it starts, isn't it? So it's really from, from the bottom onwards. So isn't it also a case that people need to be getting better salaries to avoid this kind of stuff happening? Actually, it's a good question. I, I'm actually a teacher by profession, although I'm doing something else. But this thing of underpayment of teachers is a worldwide problem everywhere. It's not in Africa only, even here. If you look, everyone, you're an engineer, you're a lawyer, you're what, you come from the classroom, you come from the teacher. But if you look the remunerations which teachers get, it's just, it's just unbearable. But Although I, I don't want to talk about it a lot because my blog is really not about <laughs> no, no, how no, much no. teachers are paid. You no, see. but I'm just thinking if, mm. if, if at the bottom level people were already paid better, it would probably avoid at that level maybe avoid this kind of stuff happening. So that's that was just, I'm not just only talking about teachers. Mm. I think it's in general, you know, nurses, teachers, all these uh, policemen. Uh, even in in Ireland, I think uh, there's uh, there's policemen complaining and teachers are complaining, nurses are complaining because they're not earning enough money. So I know uh, some people from an Eastern European country who were even saying that uh, the dentist was paid less than the cleaning lady in some American company. So he was awaiting how much you would offer him to treat you you know, on top of whatever you owed him. So that's another another thing that needs looking at. It's it's actually a very, very big problem. So this problem of corruption, it also needs to be said that it exists in Europe too. Do people in Africa, are they aware of that, that it's like that in Europe? I just believe that the media don't really tell you things like that, you see. You have to come here for you to be able to see that. But definitely... The conclusion is that uh, it's not as bad as it is in Africa. So that is the conclusion. Yeah. It's there, but it's not as bad as it is in Africa. Yeah. Okay. Africa is much more developed than a lot of people think here, isn't it? Yeah, like, uh, for example, I was surprised myself when I came to to Ireland to... It's not what I expected, OK? Uh, I do understand, of course, that Ireland is a small country, and uh, if you... We can take uh, maybe... We, we can't compare definitely cities in Ireland with... Uh, big cities, uh, maybe like uh, Johannesburg or Cape Town. Or the perception is that to a lot of people, you're going to find like a person asking you if we we do have like really houses or we live in 
and hearts and some questions do you have cars you in africa guys something like that <laughs> so it's just a perception but africa is actually much more developed than that i'm not saying the whole of africa of course we we still have some certain african countries and even some certain places even in south africa too where it's quite rural and people they don't have uh, access to uh, basic facilities such as shelter sanitation and uh, electricity and stuff like that uh, but what I, we are saying is that africa have uh, actually developed much better um, in the last 20 years uh, we, you can see it quite uh, very clear if you look right now of the 13 fastest growing economies in the world six of them are in africa ethiopia actually is the fastest growing economy in africa and then we also have tanzania we also have rwanda doing very very well especially if you consider rwanda with the coming out of the the 1994 genocide and um, with that genocide and as one of the fastest growing economy in the world it's quite a, a remarkable success stories so we we have also the good stories to tell about uh, about africa but we must not forget that uh, like elsewhere in the world the gap between the the poor and the rich is getting wider and wider and wider so that is the problem but i do think i see it even here in the west but here in the west the advantage is that the social security system is quite big it's 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 rod it quite well like uh, they can still get people accommodation get people money every week for food and things like that so i do believe in some certain african countries we cannot do that because we don't have any enough tax base to be able to roll out those uh, social security systems for example you are going to find that more people actually stay at home than people who go to work so it's not affordable for the governments to be able to 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 roll out all these um uh, these social uh, structures but uh, what we can say africa is much much is much much developed than uh, what a lot think. of pe- people think and and you mentioned rwanda there and i think in the, in the mindset of us europeans rwanda ends there with the genocide i don't think we know anything about uh, development or very little you don't ever see it uh, or very little on the television i think france 24 is making an effort there don't they have a good stories uh, program about africa there is something there isn't there really? yeah 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 Af- france 24 actually covers a lot of african success stories around the africa they actually have a specific people covering that if they the stories about africa both good and bad are being told like with a partially with partiality and then i, I really think that we can be able to understand much better yeah the story of Rwanda ends with the Rwandan genocide yeah. in 1994 but uh, what i want to tell the world what i want to tell the listeners is that uh, Rwanda actually they even call Kigali the capital city of Rwanda the the Singapore of Africa because really? it's it's so clean okay and uh, it's one of the fastest growing economies in the world of course i, I won't speak a lot of, about south africa we, we know that south africa is the most advanced economy in, in mm-hmm. africa okay so i i want to 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 really speak like with with smaller economies and countries which are which are doing well tanzania is tanzania another is another role model again is doing well botswana is doing very well mozambique actually watch out mozambique is going to be another massive success story of africa with the discover of gas there and also the interest which investors are having in mozambique 
Okay, so is that what they call the African Renaissance? Is that what it's what it is? Is the African countries developing and becoming successful? Actually, the issue of African Renaissance and uh, there was the issue of NEPAD, which was actually the pioneer of former president of South Africa, Tabombeke. It was when we said as Africans, we need to unite. And as Africans, how do we unite? We don't need to unite in rhetoric. If you look in, in Europe, you guys, you were able to come together, form the European Union. The European Union have its faults. We have seen the faults of the European Union with the UK now saying they want to leave, okay? Uh, with the people saying we think that individual countries are losing their sovereignty. With what happened with the collapse there in Greece, with the financial problems in Spain, in Italy, all these things happening. And with what happened here during the crash just after the Celtic Tiger in Ireland. But the European Union have achieved a lot because of the unity. In 1914, the First World War, okay, which ended in 1918, 20 years later, 1938, the Second World War, okay? But with the coming of the European Union and the, the cooperation of countries, the understanding of people much better, we, 70 years down, more than 70 years down the line, the world looks more and more stable. Yeah, I think so too. I think there has to be a union. Maybe it needs to be reorganized and rethought. But the peace side of things is, is amazing. And, and I know when I was small, people in Belgium looked at Italians and Spanish people as, as foreigners and they didn't like them. And that is actually completely gone. We're just all Europeans now. Yeah, I, th I think we need to do to do the same. I was actually talking that, um, for example, there are more Africans, more Zimbabweans, more Nigerians in South Africa than here, okay? But I have met more Nigerians here in Ireland than in South Africa. So it means the perception changes and you really realize that, no, we are one people. We also wanted to mention the technology in Africa because that is quite advanced, isn't it? Yeah, if, for example, in, in my blog, I gave an example of the banking system uh, that, uh, for example, in Ireland, uh, if you want to send me some money, Rose, you have to tell me that uh, I've sent you some money through a text, okay? But... Okay. Uh, I don't know in other African countries, but specifically in South Africa, I just get a text from the bank that Rose have sent you money at such such branch, something like that. It's advanced, and then they use with a bank. I still know that I used to use a bank called First National Bank. Even if I lose my card, I can still get access to the money by generating a cardless PIN anytime, anywhere. That's amazing. That's yeah. pretty amazing. And I've I've heard that now that's for years now that Africans are doing business with each other by their phone, isn't it? They pay each other with their phone or yeah, something. Yeah, you can actually use the phone. There's things like e-wallet. Uh, there's things like Impesa. Yeah, that's uh, much more advanced than we are here. Yeah, that, that's a real advanced. And uh, for example, I still remember that I was staying in Bandon and I came to Cork City to open an account. And then they, when I gave them my proof of residence, uh, they told me that, no, I, I have to go back to Baton to open there. I stay in Pretoria, but I can open an account in Bloomfontein. and it doesn't matter as long as I have proof of residence. Yeah. So yeah. It's, you see, things are so me mechanized, you see, okay. so mechanized. Yeah, all these things are incredibly important. And now what you have learned here, as you were already talking about the different nationalities here in Europe and how we get along better than we used to uh, and how there hasn't been a war in 70 years. Now, that might be something that you 
could take over to Africa. And because in, in South Africa, I think there still are problems with foreigners not being so welcome. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm, really, I'm really impressed by the way the European Union and Europeans themselves, they, they are able to mingle with, with each other without suspicions. And uh, for example, you can get into a small pub and you can find people of more than 20 nationalities in a, sp- a small pub. So I believe that in Africa, we still have problems with nationalities. Like we don't understand foreigners. Like uh, we don't take foreigners as brothers, but as competitors for jobs um, and some men who say for women too. And <laughs> <laughs> that's always the case. Women are always, you know, that, that's everywhere, even in Europe. <laughs> okay. So I believe as Africans, we need more cooperation. We need to understand each other much, much better. And we also, although we need to, to regulate migration, but we also need to open up a bit through trade and uh, through free movement of people. So that can help us. For example, we need to we, we don't need to be at war with our neighbors. One day I was listening to a certain program on France 24 about the European Union, the Brexit. Uh, one guy actually made me laugh. He said the European Union was was actually formed to prevent the Germans and the French from killing each other. And it was just a funny statement, of course. Uh, but what I'm saying is that uh, we've seen what when xenophobia happened in, in, in 2008. I was there. And uh, this other xenophobia which happened, it, it, it results in loss of lives. And it's barbaric uh, and it's, it's unacceptable. And you think if people would be able to travel more, even across Africa, to get to know each other a bit more, that that would make a difference? Actually, I feel very, very uh, guilty because I haven't traveled in Africa. The first thing which I'm going to do when I go home is to travel to Africa. I already have countries in my head that I want to, in East Africa, I want to go to Tanzania, I want to go to Uganda, I want to go to Kenya, um, I want to go in West Africa to Nigeria, I want to go to Cameroon, I want to go to Ivory Coast, all those countries. And so understanding people better, because you would never know a person if you don't go to, you don't visit that person to this place. Yeah, and I don't think it's like here in Europe where you can just move into a certain country and even start working or something like that. There are really papers which are needed to do that. Yeah, and I guess again, education will also do a lot in that. You know, to prevent xenophobia, if if, if children from small, from a small young age, are taught about different nationalities, yeah. and you know, uh, that would help as well. I would imagine. Yeah, we have to. We have to, 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 to educate young people. And on top of that, uh, foreign people have to be integrated with the local people. We don't need to have these things of saying, okay, we know that in Sunnyside, that is a Nigerian hotspot. In, in Hilbro, that is a Nigerian hotspot or something like that. We need to have um, foreign people and local people living together in the same communities. In that way, we can be able to combat that problem. Yeah, and that is not happening yet right now. I haven't really been staying back home for the no, past two been, years. So yeah. uh, when I left, it was not the case. Okay. And are you hoping with your blog to also uh, touch that subject, to change minds of your perspectives of people in Africa itself? Yeah, yeah. I hope actually to change because that blog is both for mostly mainly for African people and also for the world to understand us of the other people. So I hope to touch on that point of xenophobia. And, uh, I hope uh, to touch be- because issues of tribalism again, because 
you, you are going to find that mostly in African countries because of tribes. You saw what happened with the tribalism. Actually, if you look very closely at the problems in Rwanda, genocide, it was the thing between the Hutu and the Tutsis, although we know that there were underlying uh, reasons which were there, which, uh, which uh, the colonial powers who were there actually... Wasn't yeah. it the Belgian nuns who divided the country into Hutus and Tutsis? That's what I was told. Those tribes didn't exist before the Belgian nuns arrived. Is that true? I don't know. Uh, uh, I, I, don't, I don't really know. They may have classified the, the, the mm. people, but I think the tribes existed for a oh, long time. Okay. And how did you feel when you came to Europe and you see homeless people on the street? Yeah, yes, I was really surprised when you see people sleeping rough and uh, when you also uh, see actually that not everyone is rich, you see. I'm not saying the standard of living is much better, but not everyone is rich. So I, I really believe to a lot of African people the image of Europe, which is... Uh, sent abroad by the news here like uh, the land the, of milk and honey the, yeah yeah like the land of milk and honey it's not a true reflection it's not completely true mm. no okay so let's uh, just recap so you you have your blog and uh, let's say where can people find it what's, what's the url at the moment yeah at the moment actually uh, like i'm just starting i started with my first blog and hopefully i'll be putting at least two every week for the moment until i move to uh, a blog every day and then people can find me at african stories site dot wordpress.com Okay, so African Stories site in one word, dot wordpress.com. And I think it's really valuable to go and read it for Europeans as well as uh, Africans and read the stories and leave comments. And it could, be, it could lead to a debate and it could just help people think differently a little bit. Yeah, it's, it can really help us like, uh, close that gap okay. between us like in the way of how we understand uh, it.